previously on Libel the Bible. I shoot down Scott's mailbag episode idea. A listener leaves great feedback for me, but mixed feedback for Rusty. But she's from the South, so take it for what it is. Meaning? Meaning, how many Nobel laureates do you think spoke like this? Wow. Wow, man. I don't even know how to recover from that. (laughs) I didn't realize transitioning from incest to the Bible was such a massive leap. (sighs) David hides from Saul with Goliath's giant sword. Saul accuses the priests of Nob of conspiring with David. Under Saul's command, Doeg kills 85 priests. And women. And children. And donkeys. David confronts Saul with the truth. Saul sees the error of his ways and blesses David as future king. And now, episode 80 of Libel the Bible. It's rolling. We're on. <laughs> Scott always starts off laughing. You got to love it. Hello, everybody. I'm Rusty. Yeah, you know, I start off laughing, then I end up not laughing by the end of it. <laughs> I'll take the responsibility for that yeah. one. So you want to let everybody know what that annoying noise in the background is? <laughs> well, you want to introduce yourself Oh, uh, so um, we can get on with the show? I am Scott. Yeah, and this is Libel the Bible. We're coming to you from a wind tunnel at Boeing. <laughs> yeah. It's hot in here, man. So I bought one of these um those, these like portable air conditioners from Costco, you know, the type you roll around and you vent out the door or up into the ceiling or whatever or out a window. So we got one running right now in the room and it's it's working, but it's too loud, man. It's loud. So if you hear like a background hum, uh we're obviously gonna try and eliminate the noise in post production, but you still might hear a noise in the background. Um, but this is the only way we're going to be able to do the show today because it's hot in the studio and we need an air conditioner on. Yeah. So, all right. See, the two fucking cold. It's too hot and it's always echoey, man. Yeah. I might have to like break down and like do some insulating, man. Yeah. So those are the logistical things about uh, our studio. Yeah. <laughs> I might have to draw some money out of the petty cash fund. Well, it's nice to see that you're all motivated now that you've actually listened to our show and realized that it's picking up steam and it's pretty good. Yeah, it's not awful. It's a fun lesson. Yeah, it was a fun lesson. I mean, I'm I'm prejudiced, of course, you know, but it was fun, mostly. See, here's what I never understood. I never understood people that couldn't watch or assess themselves objectively. Because I feel like I'm very hard on myself when, like, I assess myself, when I step away and, like, look at everything. And it's it's hard for me to understand when people are not like that. Oh wait, wait, you, you I know a lot of people. I mean, I, I've heard Hollywood types don't listen to their own work. They they don't go back and watch the shows or movies they did. Is isn't that probably why? Because they don't like the way they they're too critical. They're, of they're themselves. too critical. But I don't really see the Hollywood 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 crowd being critical of themselves. Right. Well, I don't know that I'm around a lot of Hollywood types like you are. <laughs> true. So I'm talking true. about like just regular people that yeah. I'm around, like don't self-assess, and they really aren't hard on themselves a lot of times. No, because then they'd stop leaving the shopping cart in the middle of the fucking aisle. You know, they'd stop making bad life decisions. I see. <sighs> That's my litmus test. You know that. Yeah, possibly. Uh, by the way, so last episode we were talking. I, I read some feedback from iodine. Remember iodine? All <laughs> iodine? 
I do. And because I we to had episodes. some questions for iodine. Do you remember what those questions yes. were in the um, feedback? Oh, Scott's going to pull something up. Um, it looks like he's written it down. Yeah, sure. We'll have dead air while <laughs> you're looking for the questions, Scott. <laughs> and we'll do like, you <laughs> remember what the questions that we had were? All I have here, <laughs> Mezcal versus tequila. <laughs> what the fuck is this? I know I wrote some. I don't know where it is. I don't know where it is. Scott's Scott's not writing down questions about the show. He's writing down questions about the thoughts that were going through his head while we were recording the show. Well, we did have a conversation about Ms. Kyle and tequila. So I, I put it on the fact check on the website. So she had left feedback saying that uh, one of the things she didn't like or was getting annoyed by was the controversy baiting. Yes, yes. Not very clear on that. And something about me like ranting about the audience or whatever. Uh, feedback. Uh, you were complaining about feedback or the lack of feedback. So we 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 weren't sure what she yeah, meant. Yeah. So she left. No way. A clarification. Right. Yes, she did. You ready? Made my day just now. Um, am I going to read it in the southern accent again? Yes, uh, I will because it will annoy her. So that's what I will do. <laughs> Is this because you didn't like her feedback? Well, I'm not gonna say <laughs> no, no. All right, listen. All right, her if feedback is it, no. Her feedback if, is fine. If you're gonna read her feedback, yeah. you can't stop after every sentence and ask me what I think of it. Why? Because when you did it the first time, when yeah. a guy gave you feedback you didn't really like, you like you were really charged up and disliking his feedback. Uh-huh. But I was only being spoon fed it, so I couldn't feel the whole. I didn't know how it ended. But the problem is, I'll let you you know run it how you want. Man. The problem is though, Scott, because it's so long, you're not gonna remember everything that, that was true. said. And I'm, I don't want to spend an hour like reading it once and then going back and Fair like enough. dissecting Fair it enough. point by point. So we have to dissect it like, you know what I mean? Believe me, I'm not when I stop, you, you've gotten the full context of that particular okay. thought. Okay, I so, don't stop like out of context. So you know how bite sized the pieces have to be for my simple mind. Cur- so go. <laughs> well, I've already read it. So I know when I can stop. All right. All right you ready? <laughs> Probably. She left this six days ago. And this is the first I'm hearing about it? So she probably, like, right away, like, as soon as we post, like, she's listening to our show, you know, she's like a first day listener. Mm. So she's... She's the one, huh? She's very loyal, you know, she's 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 listening. So I'm going to figure out over the next, like, week or so what I could do to really annoy her to get her to stop. That's fantastic. All right. <laughs> <laughs> next time, I'll send you a recorded message. You should have been more Virginia and less Mississippi. I guess she's from Virginia. Well, well, well I, I don't know a Virginia. You had accent. mentioned if you want to do the Southern accent last time. I was like, well, maybe a little slight drawl, not your full blown. Right. So I was more, I was right. on target, uh, man. Well, listen, you, you've got your you. finger on the pulse yes. of the audience. Yes. You, 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 you are good. You're good. Didn't De Niro Sunday or something? I don't, know. I don't give a fuck about those people. <laughs> Next time, I'll send you a recorded message. You should have been more Virginian, less Mississippi. I live next to Liberty University, which you're probably aware of. Are you aware of Liberty University? Well, the way you read it, it made it sound like I should be aware that she lives near Liberty University. No, she's saying, I live um, next to Liberty University, which you're probably aware of. Well, I'm going to tell you this. People probably can't tell by listening to me, but I don't know much about the universities. <laughs> it's like, it's a crazy, like, uh, what do you call it? Evangelical University. It's run by... Um, oh. It was run by, what's his name? The guy that just died, I'm pretty sure. It's either run by Falwell or Pat Roberts. Like one of those fuckers. One of those fuckers. 
I listen to a lot of biblical criticism as a kind of psychological shield against my surroundings. Mm, okay. All right, that's nice. That's cool. I'm glad we are in her diet of biblical criticism. I've never referred to it as someone's diet, but okay. It's iodine V. Iodine V. So we were right. It is iodine. All right. Okay. It's iodine V, like the mineral, because I'm a chef. And we use iodine as a disinfectant. Okay. You with me so far? So far. So far. Right. Wait, wait, wait. So iodine is the same thing they add to salt, right? Like to fortify it or something? Like it's a disinfectant in its natural state? That's not important. <laughs> I'm, so you don't want me to stop after every sentence. <laughs> but that's what you're like breaking down. I'm an so enigma, man. Maybe iodine can leave you information <laughs> about that. Call me. <laughs> I, I listen to your show when I'm cooking because I don't have to specifically concentrate on every word. What a bitch. Ouch. You know what I'm saying? What the fuck? Oh, she yeah, doesn't yeah. have to listen to every word because what we're saying isn't important at all. <laughs> In her defense, I told you I called up and listened to every episode. Yeah. Yeah. I was usually doing it while I was doing something else. I mean, then it stopped. I took down notes on each thing. But yeah. all right. anyway. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Maybe she could listen to every word. I mean, it's not a long show. Iodine, you just listen to any word and I'll be happy. <laughs> I listen to You're your show to when I'm cooking because I don't have to specifically concentrate on every word, but still enjoy the energy of the show. Oh, you're about to get some energy. <laughs> this is all perfectly fine. All right. I like it when you I like it when you tell stories about how your week has been. The first show I listened to was the one where you talked about your anti-circumcision friend. And that was the reason I liked the show so much. It was a fun story. See, I remember not just the anti-circumcision guy. I remember the anti-circumcision guy sitting next to someone who had gotten circumcised as an adult and was comfortable enough to share it. At dinner. I'm sure she's including that in, in with the... With a table full of I'm strangers. I'm sure that statement was the umbrella yeah, of that yeah, conversation. Yeah, yeah. It was a fun story. It was a fun story. When I said, well, I'm sorry, I can't have dinner with like, you know, like, that's what made the story great. It was so unusual. Unfortunately, mm. I don't have dinners like that every week. Mm. So therefore, I have to find other ways to entertain iodine. Mm. <sighs> Go on. What are you sighing for? I don't know, man. <laughs> You're so fatalistic. You think something's going to happen. You think like the hammer is going to drop somehow. I feel it. <laughs> oh, shit. I lost the thread. Right. Here we go. All right. When I said controversy baiting. Oh, here we go. When I said controversy baiting, I was referencing how you've been comparing gay pride flags with Nazi symbolism. Because I think you understand the difference between self-expression and hate speech. I right. I'm, on, I'm on board with her, man. I'm going to pause right now. I'm going to say this. All right. I am a First Amendment absolutist. Okay. Either we have the First Amendment or we don't have the First Amendment. Rusty? Yes. Only Siths deal in absolutes. Okay. Unfortunately, we have to deal in absolutes in this case because otherwise... If we say you're allowed freedom of speech up to a certain point, who determines what that point is? 
I get you it. might like who's determining that point this week. But after the next election, you might not like so much who's determining what the point is and what's allowed under free speech. Therefore, full free speech should be absolute or no speech should be free. So my point is this. I wasn't comparing a Nazi flag to a gay pride flag. And if that's what your takeaway from that was, then I'm going to blame myself for not expressing myself clearly enough. So I'm going to express myself as clearly as I possibly can now. And if you don't agree, then I will respectfully say I disagree with your point of view. And here's what I'm going to say. Either you're allowed to express yourself in a classroom of your political ideology, or you're not. I support, in this country, people's right to carry around a Nazi flag because that is freedom of speech. Freedom of speech isn't what you're comfortable with. Freedom of speech is allowing other people to express themselves in a democracy and having faith enough that in the democracy... People will shut that down. And if they don't shut it down, then we are living in a country that deserves whatever it gets. Uh, I don't think anybody would disagree with you, but I think what maybe we're we're mixing up how I'm going to shut down that Nazi shit. I'm not going to shut down a gay pride flag. We talked about it. I said it, I said it was like a false equivalency. You snickered at it. It's not really a false equivalency. Yes, you have the right to say what the fuck you want, and you have the right to get shut down for it. If a person has a right to have a trans flag in the classroom, then another person has the right to have a Nazi symbol in the classroom. That mm-hmm. is my point. Because I am a free speech absolutist. And it's a slippery slope. If if today the decision is a gay pride flag is about equality and freedom and doesn't represent anything nefarious, I completely agree with that. And the argument being that it's obvious that that should be allowed, whereas a Nazi symbol should not be allowed because a Nazi symbol is a symbol of hate and death, and murder. And by the way, I'm a Jew, so it's not like I'm flippantly talking about Nazi symbols. And not only am I a Jew, but I'm a Jew from Ukraine whose family lived in Kiev during the Nazi occupation. When I say family, I don't mean distant family. I mean my grandparents, who I knew, lived as Jews under Nazi occupation and had their friends slaughtered. Go look up Nazi occupation in Kiev, Ukraine, okay? So I'm not speaking lightly when I say, when I talk about the Nazi flag, all right? And I still maintain, I'm not controversy baiting nothing. I'm giving you my opinion, and if you don't like it, then we can disagree. But to say that I'm controversy baiting, that is holy fucking, that's, it's inorganic. And when I'm talking politics... I'm highly fucking genuine about my beliefs. And my belief is, if you want to make the decision that a a pride flag is allowed in class, but a Nazi flag isn't, that's great. 
But then when you're gone, someone else is going to be in charge of making decisions. And who's going to be making decisions after you stop making those wise decisions? Maybe someone not so fucking wise. So my point is, maybe if the Nazi flag shouldn't be allowed, then maybe the pride flag shouldn't be allowed. I, I think we may have ended on that. Did we not? Like if you, if you, because because I didn't I didn't see the gay pride flag as a political statement or an ideology. I just thought about it as someone's life. That's who they are. Sure. So I didn't really think of it until you pointed out that. So I think, I think maybe from what she heard, it sounded like controversy baiting because she didn't know your whole viewpoint on it. Maybe now she's very your, your viewpoint has been made very clear. I mean, I don't know what she was thinking because she didn't exactly. She just mentioned like you know. That's what she thought I was controversy baiting over. Like, I know you're reflexively going to defend her and, like, come up with, like, rationale. My only point is I think you have to be very careful when you're talking about, like, speech. Dude, I'm in total – what you just expressed just now, I'm in total agreement with you. Right. Total agreement. So, again, I'm not controversy baiting. I'm just saying, like, you have to consider the parameters of what you're saying. And, like, say if someone else was in charge, you know what I mean? Would that be a good idea? Dude, have our elected officials ever done the wrong thing? Never. Come on, man. Come on, man. All right. She goes on. Um, do, she wrote that? <laughs> no, oh. I'm saying she goes on. So um, she says, I, I understand the difference between self-expression and hate speech. And... <laughs> Of course, there's a difference, but they're both under the category of speech, expression and speech. So, yes, I do understand the difference. Mm -hmm. Of course, I understand the difference, but I will fight for someone's right to express themselves in any way possible. Right. And then I also fight the right for the right for someone to kick their ass for it. (laughs) Okay, I mean, we have laws against violence. I know. I know. I'm playing. She goes on. The last episode was the long feedback reaction section. That's the one where I went off on that person. Okay. But Rusty was still... Oh, I'm sorry. But Rusty was still complaining about the audience at the beginning of several prior episodes. It annoys me, but it's your show, of course, and I still really like the rest of the show. It would be really fun if... According to iodine, became a shorthand on the show. How, how, what, what form would that take? According to iodine, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe she would leave us comments. Maybe she could leave me comments about my performance every episode, and then I could say, "According to iodine, that would be great." Like like a pop up video, like she would come up on the side, like a cartoon yeah. character. Trooper. According to Adan. Who doesn't talk like I that? Die, so I don't know what a Virginia accent sounds like. Well, it doesn't like. sound like that, man. She was very clear on that. What You're kind of really accent am I doing? Am I doing, doing Mississippi doing accent? Mississippi Southern That's accent. That's what she said. Yeah. All right. So, again, I don't fucking controversy bait when it comes to, like, my political ideology. When I'm, like, making, like, crazy, like, over-the-top jokes, obviously, that is me like challenging the audience, baiting the audience, trying to walk the line. But I'm talking politics or like philosophy. That's my ideology. Mm. And you can disagree with that. And that's fine. 
but I'm not baiting anything. Um, I, listen, I'd, I'd have to go back and listen. Baiting, maybe I'd have <laughs> to go back and listen, listen to it again. But perhaps like someone who does is not a right doesn't know you for eighty episodes or eighty years like I do. Don't, don't know that you're not controversial. Maybe she didn't know you were controversy, baby. You know what Possibly. I mean? Possibly. But again. Again, I have to listen to it again. But. I blame myself because I, I, I probably didn't express myself probably. probably. And you probably didn't provide the correct prompts for me to be able to express myself properly. So it's like, you know, I blame 80% on me and 20% on you. I will work on my handling skills better. <laughs> so that's that. Yeah. But she does like when we talk about the week, Scott. Do you have anything interesting to talk about your week? See, see that's ridiculous, man. Like you set me up. Now, no, I ain't got shit, man. Nah, I, uh, what did nothing. I do this week? I don't you know. said you were you state hopping. Oh, I had parties in like a, I had to go to Jersey for a party. And then they had to, uh, yeah, it's, I was out in the Hamptons. Just in different parts. For a couple of days. Yeah. And, Hamptons are um, gross. Yeah. The people are gross. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty, pretty hilarious out there. I was up in Vermont myself. <laughs> if you ever want to feel poor going out, going out in the Hamptons. If you what? If you want to feel poor, just go hang oh, out in the Hamptons. Yeah. yeah, no, the Hamptons are gross. The people yeah. that go to the Hamptons are gross. Like, I, it's yeah. just, I don't know. I I don't like that scene. Yeah. I've never liked the Hamptons scene. Yeah. Me either. Well, when I say Hamptons, you know, I'm, I'm all the way out. I'm out in Montauk, so it's a little different. Not much anymore, but it's, you know, it's not, it's not like Southampton P. Diddy kind of Hamptons. Yeah. So you listened uh, to the show. You're all caught up. Yeah. Um, any thoughts? Like... Oh. I feel uh, the last 10 episodes or so, um, to uh, kind of parrot what you were saying, I definitely feel like there was a, a, a definitely a change in the, in, in the way the show was sounded. Was I complaining about the audience? Did you get like a sense that I was like complaining in the, those, these last 10 episodes? Uh, no more than I, usual. Iodine seems no to more, think no like I was usual. like, really? She's no. like hung up on me going after the audience. But you know what? You, you've, you've, you've complained about the audience a lot. It's kind of like one of the things you do. So it's kind of like maybe I don't hear it as much. Like to a unadjusted listener, it may be out there. It might be. Ah! Right, right. Right. Like me, it's just you being you. Sure, sure, yeah. sure, sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting used to your suckiness where the new audience isn't. I got it. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, um, I just feel like the uh, the show the shows just have a better flow to them. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I think uh, I think like you said, sometimes we we went down uh, dead ends and we went too far down a dead end, and I think we recover quicker from them. Um, yeah, but I like them. They make me laugh. Yeah, you're but, laughing but, 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 at them. But I'm prejudiced. Well, I mean, listen, you can only create things for yourself and then hope that others like it, right? So like when Pink Floyd is writing songs, they're the first one to hear them. They have to like what they're putting out, right? right if they right. don't like it, so they're I will, not going to I will say this. I've liked the last 10 episodes more than I liked like, the first 10 episodes, that's for sure. Yeah. Or the 10 in the middle. But I, let me do, do, I did have something interesting. I was on, uh, yesterday or the day before, I think it was yesterday, I was walking along the beach in Rockaways, right? I was on the boardwalk, right? And there was this, there was this the place that serves drinks and stuff, and they have these big barrels that you sit at, right? You know, like big old... Cooper style bar- barrels, right? So they were cleaning up, they were packing up, right? Like the ones that people used to go over the Niagara Falls exactly. in. Big, big ass barrels, <laughs> yeah. right? So th- this woman that was working there, she tips one over and she starts rolling it, like to put it away. So I was like, hey, what do we got, Donkey Kong over here? <laughs> yeah. You know how I swing and miss at jokes all the time. Sure. She responded. Yeah. She was like, you mean Lady Kong? And I kept walking. I was like, did she respond? Oh, my God, she responded. And I just kept walking. You know what to do. You panicked. It was the first time ever someone, like, acknowledged your joke. And I was walking away. I was like, oh, man, I should have, like, jumped over the barrel and been like, do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do
<laughs> then I probably would have tripped and probably would have ruined it. But yeah, so someone finally reacts in the manner I would like Were to react. Were you calling her Donkey Kong? You know what? It didn't sound right in retrospect. Like, yeah. oh my God, did I insult her? Yeah. But um, did did she, she look, she got the reference. Did she look like Donkey Kong? No, she looked. She looked no, she no, she didn't. Yeah. <laughs> she looked more like the princess that you rescue at the top of the girders. Yeah. Then she did the Princess Peach. Was that her name? Was that Princess Peach in the Donkey Kong? I'm assuming. Uh, like maybe. it was always Princess Peach, right? Maybe. You know what'd be cool though? No. If she's listening to this podcast and goes, holy shit, that's Scott from the podcast that said that to me? We are a top 10 global podcast. Top, yeah. I'm sorry. I keep saying top 10, which sounds pretty awesome. <laughs> that's not the reality. We're a top 10%. Just goes to top 10%. Podcast. We're going to get right back to the show. But before we do, we'd like to invite you to come visit our Patreon. Each week, we discuss a new topic at the intersection of society and religion. We explore the encroachment of religion onto secular institutions, such as schools, workplaces, and government. In addition, we'll investigate whether religion practices what it preaches. So, after this episode, head on over to patreon.com slash libelthebible and join the conversation. And now, back to the show. So, top, I mean, listen, top. A top 10% globally, that sounds pretty impressive on the one hand, right? But there are like something like 7 million podcasts. So top 10% would be what? 7,000? Your top 7,000? A uh, million, hundred thousand. Yeah. So like, you know, so we could- 70,000. 70,000? Yeah. yeah. So we could be like number 69,000. Oh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> Right. So on the one hand, top 10% sounds impressive. On the other hand, it's not that impressive. But, you know, we're trying. That's iodine. This is why I have to lay into our listeners sometimes. Sometimes, like, they need to be stirred up and roused and a call to action needs to occur. And unfortunately, iodine, you see, I was raised by a Soviet water polo coach. (laughs) So I'm not like the warm and cuddly type when it comes to motivating people. I employ the Soviet method of motivation, you know, fear, anger, resentment, you know, that's what I think will push someone's buttons. So iodine, my apologies if you felt I was overly annoying and asking too much and too often of the audience. So my apologies. You know what? Why don't you leave a comment after... God's cracking up. I'm a dick. Listen, I'm a dick. What do you want me to tell you? I'm a dick. How funny would it have been? People, let me tell you something, Scott. Remember we used to go to Pip's Comedy Club in Cheapside Bay? Oh, shoot. Yeah. All right. So for those that don't know, Pip's Pip's Comedy Club, very. it used to be a very famous, prestigious comedy club in Brooklyn. A lot of comedians got their start there. Andrew Dice Clay. It was a small place. Andrew Dice Clay, Andy Kaufman, who was Latka on Taxi. Um, tons of comedians got their start there. We used to go there all the time. You don't sit in the front row and expect not to get called on by the comedian. And we insist on getting there to get to the front row. Right? So when you interact with this show, as Iodine did, Mm. you got to expect a little, like, ribbing back. A little, you know, like, a little poking back. All right. Little pokey at iodine. How hilarious would it have been when she said Lady Kong if I turned around like a huge hammer and just smashed the barrel on her? How fucking funny would that have been? I mean, it would have been funny in the moment, but then like I don't what know. What the fuck was paying for this barrel? I don't know how to do a show like with you in prison. Like, we need to figure that out. 
Oh, speaking of prison, you heard who got stabbed today? No. Larry Nasser. That sounds Larry familiar. Gymnastics guy. Or He's something? the scumbag doctor that a fucking sexually like assaulted and molested like those gymnast girls for years oh, like hundreds of them did they get killed so no he's uh, like in stable condition but i can only imagine the fucking hell that his life must be in prison considering mm. like the prison code mm. you know what i mean and like sexual assaulters like really getting like fucked up yeah i hope so so that's his life I mean, now allegedly he did this stuff right no, he was found guilty. I mean, <laughs> oh, he's convicted. He's in jail. Yeah, okay, he's yeah, in jail. Prison. Yeah, I don't feel bad. Fuck him. Who else died? Who else got stabbed? Ah, <laughs> uh, Goliath got stabbed. <laughs> he did get stabbed, Scott. That's very good. That's a good transition. Oh, so before we go on, yeah. I was at a, uh, I was at a uh, neighborhood party. A cotillion. A of, uh, what? I was at a cotillion. I don't know. What that I means. was at a coming out. That was a cotillion. A cotillion is when you introduce... I don't know. It's like a dance in the South. Is it? It's called the cotillion, yeah. Sounds nice. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you dress up, you party. <laughs> right. <laughs> Only burners like you get high. And uh, I, was, I was talking to um, a, people that, uh, a couple people that were Irish Catholic with a lot of alcohol in them. And the only reason I knew they were Irish Catholic is because they insisted on telling me when, when the podcast came up. And... Uh, I kind of just hit him with, you know, uh, you know, David and Goliath, you know, David, the tough guy who beat up Goliath, you know, he's gay, right? And the guy was like, you and your shit. Like, I'm like, my shit is go get the book. I'll show you. I'll point it out to you. Yeah. And then he goes, nah, man, actually. And he looked around. I heard that. <laughs> I was like, all right. So the words out on the street, man, David was gay. Isn't it weird how like at first he was like. You know, denying what you were saying, even though he's heard it. Yeah. yeah. Well, like, it depends which news network you heard it on. <laughs> people just live a lie, man. Yeah. People live a lie. Yeah. Speaking of lies, you want to get to the Bible? Yeah, that's that's a better segue than my, my Goliath and sword and things. So uh, we are on 1 Samuel 25. Uh, Samuel has basically just... Um, oh, no, not Samuel. Saul. Saul has just basically like um, apologized to David, seen the error of his ways, and said like, "You are worthy of being king." I hope he meant it at least. Because I'm sorry, Saul. Saul is probably one of the biggest dicks in the book so far. He's a little mercurial, but again, it's not his fault. It's Yahweh. I blame Yahweh. I know you blame Saul. He's got agency. Blah blah uh, blah. I, I blame humans. But for when their own Yahweh behavior. has crawled up into your ass and is con- puppet master controlling you, a man. A real man is someone who takes responsibility for their actions. In your world. So, uh, 1 Samuel 25, death of Samuel. Now Samuel died, and all Israel assembled and mourned for him. They buried him at his home in Ramah. Then David got up and went down to the wilderness of Paran. Wow, what an exciting start. All right, so what do you feel about Samuel's death, man? How do you feel about this? I mean, it wasn't. It was kind of anticlimactic. First of all, um, I don't even know why Samuel, ha- what Samuel had anything to do with any of this and why an entire book is named. I don't him. even remember. Two books. Yeah. Wait, he's dead in first Samuel? What the I, fuck I, is the second Samuel going to be about? Maybe it's like a prequel. Maybe it's like Godfather 2 where like it goes back and shows like his backstory. <laughs> Wait, so Rusty comes over today with a gift bag. <laughs> it says to me, yeah, I got you something. 
So he goes, come on, open it, open it up. And it's a votive candle. And so now next to our Taylor Swift votive candle, we have a Cardi B votive candle. Yeah, I'm going to put it up on our Twitter and uh, yeah. TikTok. Yeah. You'll be able to see it. Yeah. So we're eventually going to have all the votive candles of people that Rusty hates. It's going to be quite the memorial. It's going to yeah, That's why it's so hot Does iodine here. have a votive candle? <laughs> wow. Uh, not, we are not putting that on the hate page. Come yet. on, come on. David she, and she Abigail. knows I love her. <laughs> David and Abigail. First Samuel 2. 25, verse 2. <laughs> there was a man in Mahon whose property was in Carmel. The man was very rich. Carmel, New York, where like all the Albanians moved? That's, that's a nice area. Well, what? It's not really rich, but it's a nice area up there. I don't know. Remember like when we were up in Carmel, they were like, you got to be careful. The Albanians are moving in here. <laughs> yeah, that was probably like 20, 30 years ago, yeah. right? Yeah. The man was very rich. He had 3,000 sheep and 1,000 goats. He was shearing his sheep in Carmel. Now the name of the man was Nabal, and the name of his wife was Abigail. The woman was clever and beautiful, but the man was surly and mean. He was a Calebite. That explains it. Those Calebites. David heard in the wilderness that Nabal was shearing his sheep. Word gets out about shit like that. <laughs> Yo, this dude, this dude shearing his own sheep. Yo, it's out of season, man. <laughs> so David sent ten young men, and David said to the young men, "Go up to Carmel and go to Nabal and greet him in my name. Thus you shall salute him. Peace be to you, and peace be to your house, and peace be to all that you have. I hear that you have shearers." Now your shepherds have been with us, and we did them no harm, and they missed nothing all the time they were in Carmel. Ask your young men, and they will tell you. Therefore, let my young men find favor in your sight, for we have come on a feast day. Please give whatever you have at hand to your servants and to your son David. I, I'm sorry. What the? He's going out to beg I, for I, shit? I don't understand this narrative at all. All right, so there's a guy... And he's a piece of shit, but his wife is kind of okay, and he's shearing his sheep, and David heard about him shearing his sheep, so he's sending someone there to sweet-talk this guy to do what? Give him some food, give him whatever you have to your servants and to your son David. Why? What like, is the context for all of this? Is David star? I don't understand I, I, what is happening. I, I don't either. Maybe, listen. When David's young men came... They said all this oh. to Nabal in the name of David. And then they waited because he was probably like, and the fuck out of here. Who the fuck's David? But Nabal answered David's servants, oh, shit. Who is David? Who is the son of Jesse? There are many servants today who are breaking away from their masters. This guy sounds like you. Shall like everyone in the land knows who David is. But he <laughs> yeah. shows up and you're like, who? What? I'm already a fan. Shall I take my bread and my water and the meat that I have butchered for my shearers and give it to men who come from I do not know where? So David's young men turned away and came back and told him all this. David said to his men, every man strap on his sword. And every one of them strapped on his sword. David also strapped on his sword. And about 400 men went up after David, while 200 remained with the baggage. So... The baggage. <laughs> They're at the airport terminal. Where the fuck are they? <laughs> are they moving? Like, are they like Bedouins just like moving through the land? And why would the term baggage be used in the Bible? Like, wouldn't there be like a different term? Do you think they're referring to women? 
<laughs> the women are the baggage. Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm not saying they are or they aren't, but I'm just asking questions. In all likelihood, they're probably referring to their emotional problems because they've got a lot of fucking <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> you guys see here? You guys work it out, talk it out amongst yourselves. But one of the young men told Abigail, Nabal's wife, David sent messengers out of the wilderness to salute our master, and he shouted insults at them. Yet the men were very good to us, and we suffered no harm. And we never missed anything when we were in the fields as long as we were with them. They were a wall to us, both by night and by day, all the while we were there with them keeping the sheep. Now, therefore, know this and consider what you should do, for evil has been decided against our master and against all his house. He is so ill-natured that no one can speak to him. Okay. That's not a crime, by the way. Being an asshole... Listen, I got to stick up for this guy. <laughs> yeah, you all do. right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because being surly and ill natured and whatever else, however else he's described by everyone else, you uh, know, maybe, maybe he's just that much smarter than everyone else. Oh, right, right. Um, maybe he just sees things for how they are. Uh, the you prose- ever think of that? The prosecution would like to call iodine as a character witness, please. <laughs> So it looks like, okay, so all the shit that was going on, the rich guy stayed up there. These young men maybe kind of protected, like, that property or whatever during the wars or something. So I, I don't know. Like, like insults at them? Like, basically, they said, yo, David sent us. And he was like, who the fuck is David? How is that an insult? I don't know who the fuck he is. Because David killed Goliath. David is, like, super famous. Like, everyone knows who David is. Yo, I don't know what the version of disconnected back then would be. Like, maybe they just don't like, they don't put on the TV. I don't know. Right. They don't know who the fuck, what the fuck's going right. on. He's a rich guy. Fucking wars don't touch They're like people. living in the Tennessee Valley before the Tennessee Valley Authority was all set up. Perfect example. Yeah. Iodine knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, before you got cable and television and newspaper, you had to send horse and buggy into town to find out the news. So basically, these dudes came and said, yo, Abigail, your husband's a jerk. These guys came in peace, acted respectfully, and your husband's a jerk. Right. Okay. Then Abigail hurried and took 200 loaves, two skins of wine, five sheep ready dressed. What, like in a bow? I don't know. Five minutes. He had a little little top hat. (laughs) Five measures of parched grain. Remember that? Ooh, yum. Some parched grain. (laughs) 100 clusters of raisins and 200 cakes of figs. She loaded them on donkeys and said to her young men, Go on ahead of me. I am coming after you. But she did not tell her husband, Nabal. As she rode on the donkey and came down under cover of the mountain, David and his men came down toward her, and she met them. Now David had said, Surely it was in vain that I protected all that this fellow has in the wilderness, so that nothing was missed of all that belonged to him. But he has returned me evil for good. God do so to David, and more also, if by morning I leave so much as one male of all who belong to him. I'm sorry. All right, so he, they did protect this guy so during all the strife. So he's saying, how dare this guy not give me what I asked for after I protected him? Is that like his position? Yeah. You know what? I just watched the beginning of Rocky Three. Remember when Paulie, he's like all drunk and he's resentful I of know Rocky. you're going to say, yeah. And he goes like to prison. And then he's like, you owe me, you know, like you're my friend. What does Rocky tell him? He goes, I don't know. Friends do because they want to do. There you go. Friends do 
because they want to do. Yeah. I don't owe you. Why does David? David did all this, right? No one asked him to do any of this. David, by the way, was at his father's house. Remember when the Philistines were standing off against the Israelites mm-hmm. and he showed up and he was like, you're going to let this uncircumcised scumbag like insult us yeah. like this? Because remember, like Goliath was coming out like every yeah. night, like challenging them. No one called for David to do any of this. But now he's expecting all this in return. Friends do because they want to do. And Not what, because like they're owed. Yeah. And what's crazy is, so Nabal's being a dick. And David said, I'm going to go kill every man who belongs to him. Yeah. What's a weird fuck? I thought David was cool. It it's, takes a turn. He's self-loathing, man. He's still upset about what he did with Jonathan. I honestly think that once you're around like Yahweh for any period of time, like you become corrupted. Like you start off like young and fresh and bright eyed and you just become, you know. It's like the last person you want to be president of the United States is someone who's made it to the point where they become yes, president of the United exactly. States. Sure, sure, man. You want to pick us up at verse 23? I'll read verse 23. 1 Samuel 25, verse 23. When Abigail saw David, she hurried and dismounted from the donkey and fell before David on her face, bowing to the ground. She fell at his feet and said, Upon me alone, my lord, be the guilt. Please let your servant speak in your ears and hear the words of your servant. My lord, do not take seriously this ill-natured fellow, Nabal, for as his name is, so is he. Nabal is his name. Let's see what Nabal is. There's a footnote, so before I go on, it's fool. So he was named fool, and he acts a fool. That's a weird name to give to your child, Nabal, if it means fool. Yeah, you're kind of like like setting his destiny, right? <laughs> like I can understand if it's a nickname, right? But Or was fool just a name that became fool after Nabal? And he's such a fool, it happened during his lifetime. <laughs> like he was still alive. <laughs> Normally it takes a while for that to catch on. Right. Like you didn't call for like You weren't dumb because you were like the Philistines were probably long gone before we started calling people philistines that would don't you know what i mean i, I get it i, I, I get it i know what i'm thinking All right. my brain's working um, at a different so speed nabal is his name and folly is with him but i your servant did not see the young men of my lord whom you sent oh because if she saw them it would have been different listen she's saying my husband's a fucking dumb fuck and you know don't blame him and kill everyone because he's so bad yeah now then my lord as the lord lives And as you yourself live, since the Lord has restrained you from blood guilt and from taking vengeance with your own hand, now let your enemies and those who seek to do evil to my Lord be like Nabal. And now let this present that your servant has brought to my Lord be given to the young men who follow my Lord. Please forgive the trespass of your servant. For the Lord will certainly make my Lord a sure house, because my Lord is fighting the battles of the Lord, and evil shall not be found in you so long as you live. I'm going to stop for a second, because this is a lot of smoke being blown up this guy's ass. Yeah, well, she's probably thinking it's necessary. I mean, there's 400 dudes with swords. Like, you got you to gotta talk fast and talk a lot. I hear you. She's, you got to filibuster this situation. She's saying a lot of shit. This is like one of my monologues from, like, episode, like, 15 or something. You know what I mean? Like, she, she's got to cut this down a little bit. Be mm. more concise. Mm. Oh, your rant against iodine. <laughs> <laughs> 
If anyone should rise up to pursue you and to seek your life, the life of my Lord shall be bound in the bundle of the living under the care of the Lord your God. But the lives of your enemies he shall sling out as from the hollow of a sling. When the Lord has done to my Lord according to all the good that he has spoken concerning you and has appointed you prince over Israel, my Lord shall have no cause of grief or pangs of conscience for having shed blood without cause or for having saved himself. And when the Lord has dealt with my Lord, then remember your servant. All right. I like the fact that she mentioned, but the lives of your enemies he shall sling out as from the hollow of a sling. Because she knows he's dope with the sling, right? That's how he killed Goliath. Right. So she, he's hitting, hitting his wheelhouse. She, right. She's hitting the right buttons. Yeah. My question is this. Once again, we have someone who doesn't seem to have any authority telling him, like, if you spare us, then the Lord will look kindly down. Whose authority is she speaking under? Yeah, she should be, David should be like, excuse me, I'm the king because Yahweh put me here. Yeah. Right? Like, I got the phone. I got the connection yeah. to him. Like, you don't even know this guy's number. What are you talking Yo, about? Tell we'll me. go over at the vote of candles. Yeah. That one lit itself up. It did light itself up. It's the, not an, a ele- vote of candle, an electric though. one between the vote of candles. So, right? yeah, we have three electric candles that are on either side and in between our two vote of candles. And the one in the middle has lit has litten? lighted, <laughs> lighted up. You know what it should be lit up now? <laughs> Maybe iodine can tell me what the correct way of saying it is. Do you think that's representative? Like Cardi B and Tyler Swift are about to have a beef? Like there's some flame between them? That's why, creeping why, at that shit. Why, why would that light beef? up on its that's own? That's a bad way of looking at it. Maybe they're about to like collaborate. Maybe that's uh, Yahweh fucking. That could be like an interstellar. Someone is uh, reaching out to us from the future and trying to use Morse code to tell us not to go into space. Oh, that's a good idea using Morse code with us because we'll figure it right the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, pick it up, Scott. Verse 32. David said to Abigail, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who sent you to meet me today. Blessed be your good sense, and blessed be you, who kept me today from blood guilt and from avenging myself by my own hand. For as surely as the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, who has restrained me from hurting you, unless you had hurried and come to meet me, truly by morning, there would not have been left to Nabal so much as one male. Then David received from her hand what she had brought him. He said to her, go up to your house in peace. See, (laughs) see, I have heeded your voice and I have granted your petition. All right. So, all right. David acted the fool for a second. He acted the Nabal for a second and he was able to be talked off the ledge. So he's got some reasonability to him. She's hot, man. He's trying to impress her probably. Oh, yeah. That sucks. I hope that's not the case. They did mention that, right? Like she probably came up to him with like her heaving bosom. Her heaving (laughs) bosom. (laughs) That's great. Abigail came to Nabal. He was holding a feast in his house like the feast of a king. Nabal's (laughs) Nabal's heart was merry within him, for he was very drunk. So she told him nothing at all until the morning light. In the morning, when the wine had gone out of Nabal, his wife told him these things, and his heart died within him. He became like a stone. About ten days later, the Lord struck Nabal, and he died. So maybe Nabal knew he was going to die, 
Maybe he's in a lot of pain. That's why he was so grumpy and shit. Right. Like he was miserable. Like he was not he was not healthy. He was given like a diagnosis like a year earlier that he yeah. only had like a year left to live. And then this guy and these guys like, yo, you owe us this bread. Give us some bread. Bro, I don't man. owe you shit. My, yo, my, I told my, my, my you. life's fucked up. I told you there's a deeper story about why Nabalis quote unquote so surly. Yeah. See? Yeah. You got it. Yeah, he's got he's got he's got money. He's got the hot wife. He's got all the men around him. That he needs lots of shearing going on, lots lots of shearing. Apparently, the shearing's the talk of the land. Yeah. One of the shearers was named Ed Ed Shearing. Ed Shearer. I don't know. <sighs> when David heard that Nabal was dead, he said, "Blessed be the Lord who has judged the case of Nabal's insult to me and has kept back his servant from evil. The Lord has returned the evil doing of Nabal upon his own head." Then David sent word to Abigail to make her his wife. There you go. Yeah, you were right. Her heaving bosom, man. Yo, heaving bosoms do it every time. You can't throw like a heaving bosom in a man's face and like, you know, not expect a response. We're weak, pathetic creatures. When David's servants came to Abigail at Carmel, they said to her, David has sent us to you to take you to him as his wife. She rose and bowed down with her face to the ground and said, Your servant is a slave to wash the feet of the servants of my Lord. Abigail got up hurriedly and rode away on a donkey. Her five maids attended her. She went after the messengers of David and became his wife. David also married Ahinoam of Jezreel. Both of them became his wives. Saul had given his daughter Michal, David's wife to Palti, son of Laish, who was from Gollum. So Macau was just tossed to the side now? He's got newer women? Yeah, was that the one that he got all those foreskins for? Remember he had to like get all those foreskins? If I did remember, I would try not to remember that. Like any collection of foreskins really just needs to stop. Alright, well. I'm pretty sure he he chopped off like a, a hundred like Philistine foreskins. So, he he spared all those men because of the heaving bosom. All right, you were right. 1 Samuel 26. David spares Saul's life a second time. <laughs> Fucking Saul. I mean, listen, Saul, he's a little bit of a sad sack, but we knew that from the start, right? He was just, he was like chosen, he's Dan Quayle. No, he's he Paulie was... from Rocky Three in the beginning, like you said. <laughs> that's, that's him. <laughs> then the Ziphites came to Saul at Gibeah, saying, David is in hiding on the hill of Hakil. Wait a second. Where? I thought this was all settled. Now we're going back. Are we time jumping again? Or maybe Saul's like like got dementia or something. He doesn't realize this like, what's like happening. This is like deja vu, man. Uh, all over again. Then the Ziphites came to Saul at Gibeon, saying, David is in hiding on the hill of Hachala, which is opposite Jeshimon. So Saul rose and went down to the wilderness of Ziph with 3,000 chosen men of Israel to seek David in the wilderness of Ziph. Saul encamped on the hill of Hachala, which is opposite Jeshimon, beside the road. But David remained in the wilderness. When he learned that Saul had come after him into the wilderness, David sent out spies and learned that Saul had indeed arrived. Then David set out and came to the place where Saul had encamped. And David saw the place where, sorry, 
And David saw the place. My started some, five again, man. For some five. reason, my uh, my scroll like jumped all the way down to the bottom of the page. Then David set out and came to the place where Saul had encamped. And David saw the place where Saul lay with Abner, son of Ner, the commander of his army. So wait a second. So Saul was laying with Abner, son of Ner? Like in the Bible, that means only one thing, right? When you're laying with someone? Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure, man. All right. I mean, listen, I'm not judging. I know the Greek army had their ways too. Saul was lying within the encampment while the army was encamped around him. All right, so getting back to what you said, like, what the hell is going on here? I thought Saul and David would chill. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. That was my impression as well. All right. Continue. I mean, I guess that now that puts David's actions into a little bit more context, why he would be willing to kill for provisions, because he's on the run still, and he's like in survival oh. mode. You know what I mean? So it's kind of understandable. It just doesn't make sense because him and Saul had that conversation. Oh, you know Is it what? because Samuel died? No. The key word was never used. They didn't make a covenant. A covenant. So everything out of their mouth is bullshit unless it's a covenant. I see. Like, yeah, Rusty, we're cool. We're there were cool. no witnesses. Yeah. Because yeah. that was established too early on. No Abraham. <laughs> right. <laughs> they didn't, like, name a place after yeah. the meeting yeah. that they had. Which to, means uh, the, the meeting with David and Saul <laughs> to this day. <laughs> then David said to Amalek, the Hittite, and to Joab's brother, Abishai, son of Zariah. I said I wouldn't do that. Who will go down with me into the camp of Saul? Abishai said, I will go down with you. So David and Abishai went to the army by night. There Saul lay sleeping within the encampments, with his spear stuck in the ground at his head. And Abner and the army lay around him. So everybody's knocked out, right? There's no guards. They're all sleeping. Yeah, there's no lookout. (laughs) Abishai said to David, God has given your enemy into your hand today. Now, therefore, let me pin him to the ground with one stroke of the spear. I will not strike him twice. But David said to Abishai, do not destroy him. For who can raise his hand against the Lord's anointed and be guiltless? Oh, because Saul still has got clout. I mean, he's like a he's the king. Ex, he's an expert. No, isn't he still the king? Yes. I thought we dealt with this already, man. He's still the king. David says, as the Lord lives, the Lord will strike him down, or his day will come to die, or he will go down into battle and perish. The Lord forbid that I should raise my hand against the Lord's anointed. But now take the spear that is at his head and the water jar and let us go. So David took the spear that was at Saul's head and the water jar, and they went away. No one saw it or knew it, nor did anyone awake, for they were all asleep because a deep sleep from the Lord had fallen upon them. So he was like, yo, make that coffee to go. So what was the point of him arriving? I guess just he's going to now show, look, dude. I got your spear and your fucking water jug. I could have killed you. Again, I didn't. I see. Right. Like, it seems like weird. Like, you get all the way down there. Abishai thinks you're about to go murder this guy in his sleep. And then you're like, no, no, no. That's not what we came for. You couldn't have discussed the plan on the way there. You know what I'm saying, man. I do know what you're saying. You're absolutely correct. Yeah. These people act erratically yeah. and irrationally. Then David went over to the other side and stood on top of a hill far Much away. like our listeners. <laughs> With a great distance between them, just like you and the listeners, man. 
you're David on the hill, and our listeners are sore way, way away. All right, I'll take that analogy. I'm David. Uh, and our listeners uh, are idiot Saul. Maybe I should reverse that. I'm the that. hero. Yeah. So far. And they're the zero. Oh, shit. <laughs> David called to the army and to Abner, son of Ner, saying, Abner, will you not answer? And Abner replied, And iodine's the baggage. Who? <laughs> damn. <laughs> damn it, damn it, damn it. Hey, I'm sorry. Good. Then Abner, all right. Abner, will you not answer? Then Abner replied, who are you who calls to the king? David said to Abner, are you not a man? Who is like you in Israel? Why then have you not kept watch over your lord, the king? For one of the people came in to destroy your lord, the king. This thing that you have done is not good. As the lord lives, you deserve to die because you have not kept watch over your lord. The lord's anointed. See now, where is the king's spear or the water jar that was at his head? Yo. He's destroying the army without having to fire a shot. Yeah, he's, he's like turning he's people against them. He's killing their morale. Yeah. And like, yo, and Abner's probably like, Divide and conquer. Yeah, this is a good move. He's crafty. Saul recognized David's voice and said, Is this your voice, my son David? David said, It is my voice, my lord, O king. And he added, Why does my lord pursue his servants? For what have I done? What guilt is on my hands? Now, therefore, let I'm my sorry, lord. Hold on one yep, second. Yep. Is it possible that this is simply another account of how they reconciled? Oh no! And it's just like two versions thrown into the same book, but authored by different people. That it's would, like another account of creation. That makes a lot of fucking sense for sure. Yeah, because who would believe this happened twice? But why wouldn't they just title it another account of the reconciliation? Maybe they hired two dudes to do like Samuel, and that's why it's first and second Samuel. And like they didn't want to tell like, oh shit, Rusty, I'm sorry, I already told Scott to do it. So they just let both people write stories and they combined them together. They I, just I felt know. bad after. Yeah, they felt like, oh, like ah, fuck it, we'll put them both <laughs> yeah. in. Yeah. All right, come on, they're both all right. Come yeah. on, man. Now, therefore, let my lord. The, the king. <laughs> Thank you. Now, therefore, let my lord, the king, hear the words of his servants. If it is the lord who has stirred you up against me, may he accept an offering. But if it is mortals, may they be cursed before the lord. For they have driven me out today from my share in the heritage of the lord, saying, Go, serve other gods. Now, therefore, do not let my blood fall to the ground, away from the presence of the lord. For the king of Israel has come out to seek a single flea like one who hunts a partridge in the mountains. Then Saul said, I have done wrong. Come back, my son David, for I will never harm you again, because my life was precious in your sight today. I have been a fool and have made a great mistake. David replied, Here is the spear, O king. Let one of the young men come over and get it. The Lord rewards everyone for his righteousness and his faithfulness. For the Lord gave you into my hand today, but I would not raise my hand against the Lord's anointed. As your life was precious today in my sight, so may my life be precious in the sight of the Lord. And may he rescue me from all the tribulation. Then Saul said to David, Blessed be you, my son David. You will do many things and will succeed in them. So David went his way, 
and Saul returned to his place. I'm thinking this is just another, another account, account yeah. of how they reconciled. Good call. So you think the guy was like, yo, so yo, David took the dude's spear and he was sleeping in a field when he did it. And he's like, nah, dude, he cut his cloak when they were in a cave together. Nah, man, it was a spear. Nah, it was a cloak. They probably fought wars over this story. Right. Wow. So they were <laughs> they were about to go to war. So they were like, fuck it. We'll include both stories in, you know, let the people decide. Yo, and you have to feel like a dick. Like, if this happened twice, like, somebody snuck up on you, took some of your shit, and ran off. And you know what? If David was smart, he would leave the spear with Saul. Because we know he can't chuck that thing. All right. He keeps missing. It's almost like, here, use the spear on me. You want to yeah, kill me yeah. again? Yeah. What's up, man? Are we doing another chapter here? Yeah, let's finish it off with uh, Samuel. First Samuel 27. David serves King Achish of Gath. It's all you. I see a lot of names in there, man. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Scott Bales on the names. First right. Samuel 27. David said in his heart, I shall certainly perish one day by the hand of Saul. There is nothing better for me than to escape to the land of the Philistines. Then Saul will despair of seeking me any longer within the borders of Israel, and I shall escape out of his hand. So David set out and went over, he and the 600 men who were with him, to King Achish, son of Maok of Gath. David stayed with Achish at Gath, he and his troops, every man with his household, and David with his two wives, Ahinoam of Jezreel and Abigail of Carmel, Nabal's widow. When Saul was told that David had fled to Gath, he no longer sought for him. Well, yeah, didn't they just make that, like, agreement? Yeah. Again? Again. Or not. Then David said to Achish, If I have found favor in your sight, let a, that's pretty presumptuous. <laughs> let a place be given me in one of the country towns so that I may live there. For why should your servant live in the royal city with you? So that day, Achish gave him Ziklag. Therefore, Ziklag has belonged to the kings of Judah to this day. The length of time that David lived in the country of the Philistines was one year and four months. What do you think happened after that? I think he came back to reclaim like his rightful throne, I guess. No, Saul probably, Saul probably came and chased him again, forgetting that, that they were cool. <laughs> Saul sounds like he's suffering from, like, early-onset dementia. Yeah, Saul's got issues, man. Now, David and his men went up and made raids on the Jeshurites, the Gerzites, and the Amalekites. For these were the landed settlements from Telem, on the way to Shur, and on to the land of Egypt. David struck the land, leaving neither man nor woman alive, but took away the sheep, the oxen, the donkeys, the camels, and the clothing, and came back to Achish. Go ahead, Scott. I, I saw you shaking your head in my periphery. Uh, yo, man, if this was a time of war, I would understand it. But David's not the fucking king. And it says, now David and his men went up and made raids. Mm-hmm. Yo, these are like pirates. These are like fucking privateers or like buccaneers or fucking ears or whatever the hell they call like the Vikings. People are, yeah, people that just storm, like rape the towns and pillage the women. Come on. Yeah, what's nonsense. your point? Why? Why is it being done? For his survival. 
Oh, the thousand sheep you got from Nabal aren't good enough? Also, these are Philistines. So they're oh, not like true. real people. That's true. Yeah, fuck them. So that's like the thing, right? If you're like an Israelite, you believe that you're righteous and everyone else is shit. All right. They don't deserve to live. They're fucking, they're uncircumcised. Remember how David looks at them? The uncircumcised? Yeah, you know what? I wanted to just once find a character in the Bible that I was like, all right, he seemed pretty cool. And you just thought David cool. was going to be the one. I thought David was going to be the one. Yeah. I mean, you seem to side with Yahweh a lot. Maybe you're cool with Yahweh. Well, I'm cool with Yahweh's opinion of these Jesus people. Jesus <laughs> is just all right by me. Verse 10. When Achish asked, against whom have you made a raid today? David would say, against the Negeib of Judah, or against the Negeib of the Jeremelites, or against the Negeib of the Kenites. David left neither man nor woman alive to be brought back to Gath, thinking, they might tell about us and say, David has done so-and-so. So he's not leaving any witnesses. That's understandable. <laughs> yes, if you're a fucking serial killer. Such was his practice all the time. He lived in the country of the Philistines. Achish trusted David, thinking, he has made himself utterly abhorrent to his people Israel. Therefore, he shall always be my servant. Wait, 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 wait. Akish felt David was going to be his servant because he was so repulsive to the other people? So, it, I think that Achish, Achish thought that the Israelites hated David so that David would never be able to go back there and All that right. he would be forever his servant. I got to tell you. Tell I me. Am, I am this close. You do have to tell me. That's the show. You telling yeah, me. I, I'm, now I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> nah, come on, man. You got to tell I me. I am this close <laughs> to get a raiding party. To go tear down fucking Da Vinci's David statue. Yo, he's no better than a Confederate fucking general, this fucking guy. Well, you know what the problem is? Nah, man. David's the fucking problem. The problem is this. Fucking worshiping that little fucking pale little penis guy. So, see, we, we tend to worship people for, like, these certain events. And then we don't go beyond the events. We don't investigate these figures beyond the events, right? So we don't investigate David's life beyond his victory over Goliath, uh-huh. right? We don't assess how he went and, like, took 100 foreskins off of men. We don't assess how he's killed women, children, innocent men. You know, David's up there with one of the top 10 murderers probably at this point. Yeah. yeah. We really did need, like, a chart of, like— murderers and how many people they were responsible yeah. for murdering i still yahweh's still in the lead by the way as well, many well, as course, many course, people yeah. as you know david has killed moses yeah. has killed um joshua has killed uh, uh yahweh is still yeah. top dog in that regard because he yeah, killed like, everyone yo it's like every when you, when you think about neil armstrong all you think about is him walking on the moon all the moon people are dead you never hear that part of the story all the moon people? All the moon people that are now dead. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> and by moon people, you mean people who were literal, like, people who lived the on the moon? The inhabitants of the moon. The inhabitants of the moon. Uh, okay. Well, I mean, on that note, I don't know. I don't even know how to respond to that, Scott. All right. All right. I, I Do another chapter we don't could. know. Nah, I, I think we have three left in First Samuel. Ah. And I think we should probably... Uh, Excuse me. Leave wow. those. Did I mention you belch a lot? I've listened to all the episodes I've listened to. Mm-hmm. You belch at least one good belch in every episode, man. 
No, I belch a lot more. I think we talked about that because I do so much like talking and reading that like I'm sucking in a lot of air. I'm full of hot air. (laughs) You certainly are. And so I got to belch it out. Well, maybe Iodine can like, you know, leave a comment about my belching. I hope she does, man. I hope she continues to leave comments. And I would love like when we do pop-up videos that her Iodine says. I mean, at the very least, I guess like, you know, if she hates me. I guess Scott's entertaining, right? I guess Scott can continue uh-huh. to entertain You know, you know you, you, you're starting to show a side of yourself. You shouldn't show, man. What's the side? Yeah, just a little, a little petty jealousy. Yeah, you think hurt, so? Butthurtness. And- you think I haven't shown I- my petty side <laughs> up to now? You think, like, this is the introduction of my pettiness? Yeah, yeah. I know. You keep with the feedback, and uh, Rusty likes it too, man. All right. Uh, in all seriousness, um, Iodine, we do appreciate your feedback. Um, thank you for contributing to the show. Thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for being a good sport. Hopefully, you're a good sport. Um, the rest of you, go to our YouTube page. Check out our Patreon page. Um, and uh, we will see you next time, I guess, for the for the closing, the conclusion. Yeah, season finale. Right? I'll, I'll, You know what? I will even read off the three chapter titles for them. Oh, that's the coming attraction? Yes. All the right, coming attraction it. is this. In the next episode... <laughs> The Philistines reject David. David avenges the destruction of Ziklag and the death of Saul and his sons. That's all. That's coming up next week. You do not want to miss that. Am I right, Scott? You don't. They don't want to miss it. And I'll tell you this. The Patreon content doesn't have the background home with the air conditioner, man. Oh, that's right. So, again, uh, we've got an air conditioner running. We're going to do our best to remove it in our post-processing. But if you hear it, um, I don't know what to tell you. Fuck off. Yeah. Fuck off. Not you, Iodine. (laughs) You can fuck on.